Hey everyone, this is the Chico Podcast. I'm going to leave some room for a wonderful... Uh, oh, Mike, you want to say anything before the theme song? No. Alright, here we go. Chico. Chico. Chico? Chico. 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 Wonderful. Love that. Amazing. Is that John Cage? I, was, <laughs> I think it, it might have been... Yeah, I said he was. I get I get cages all over my apartment. And I, I had to put out traps. They're just <laughs> pretty big cages. You know? Screwing with my keyboards. Well, I, when the kids go back to school, they won't be such a bother anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> so this is the Chico podcast. We're this is episode two. We're gonna have uh, some guests on from Improv Boston. You know one of them from. Uh, well, I'll do the introductions later. Um, mystery guests. Mystery guests. Yes. Find out. Uh, all right, so to go back from that, so I'm Mike and, and you're Matt. We had our, our maiden voyage on the podcast last week, and we heard some interesting feedback on our, uh, our freshman effort. The, my favorite, of course, was, as we discussed before, Jeff's brother's feedback about our mouth noises. M- mouth noises is an odd way to talk about words, <laughs> to refer to words, but okay, all right, mouth noises. <laughs> we should say that, that Jeff's... Uh... Jeff's brother is Cornelius from the Planet of the Apes. Yes. They didn't make mouth noises because their mouths were two coconuts that couldn't possibly have moisture between them. Exactly. Um, so that was my top one. Uh, we got a, I got a, a number of comments about aimlessness. I got some positive comments about... I did too, but I only focused on the negative. Right. Okay. Well, Please. <laughs> uh, I think we thought, you know, for a... For a uh, first time out that uh it, it came out pretty good all the equipment worked right you can you can we can criticize ourselves to death but we should probably wait a couple episodes to see what we really suck at you yeah know, what, what comes <laughs> up again and i again. mean we're bad at everything but some <laughs> things we're really bad right. at we should focus on those i agree uh we got some hate mail from huey lewis and the news fan club <laughs> um and then oh we can we can talk about a couple of the shows we have coming up it's I we went from having so few dates to now I, f- I feel I'm I'm spoiled for improv. It's it's a perfect example. You know we can talk about what happens right when you're not a regular group and and you finally get uh, in front of people and get to show off. Uh, I think what, some of the feedback we got from Dave Dave Sawyer is our coach by the way. Most indie groups should have a coach when you get to a certain level. We we didn't have a coach for a very very long time and. Right. The, the second Dave, maybe not the second. The but second. Yeah, the second he walked in the room, we felt we felt we became better improvisers and we fired him. Uh, but we still call him our coach. Uh, we like we had the the first meeting with him and there were just all these notes that were just poured into our brains and everything was like, oh yeah, that was that rough edge that we that we had. were missing, right? And uh, or right, it, it was there, but you know, it's hard. It's first, it's hard to give each other notes. That's right. That's something they in all the books they say don't do. Right. I've heard you're not supposed to because then you create you break down that wall of trust. And so it's good having somebody and plus it's also hard to do when you're actually in the scene or you're sort of in that the montage, it's hard to pick up on things that an objective observer can. And so we use the coach for that. We use Dave for that and he's great. He's great at that. Uh, so he says, okay, I saw, we went through this, it went here, it went there. So why don't we try it again? And this time, let's try to do it funny. <laughs> um, and so we need that sometimes. But it's someone, you know, it's usually someone that 
that's already involved in the improv scene. They've been doing it for a while. And so they can think of sort of exercises to to work on like a like a like a trainer at a gym. Right. You know, they they can work on those brain muscles that that aren't getting used or that you're you're screwing up on or shying away from. So we were having trouble with detail. And so he was telling us to focus on detail. Like to a, the nth degree, to a ridiculous right. amount and of we did specificity. A exercise where we were just giving Hey, isn't that the car you just bought with your bank account that you've had for three years at this bank? At that, uh, the loan is this percent. Why, yes, it's an Elantra <laughs> made by Hyundai. It's a 2.4 1997 uh, 2.4 liter engine in there, which is a bit much because I don't like to drive fast because I got a speeding ticket. So, so we like Dave. We and we like we think having a coach is really good, and so that you know again we're we're you know what a year and a half two years into sort of our improv right. journey as it were from when we first took one on one, and we got to a certain point where we formed a team, and the next logical step is to get a coach, not only to be better as a group and to be better as individual performers, but having a coach gives you a little more credibility when you're trying to book shows. So Improv Boston, for example, right, really where likes Dave performs. where Dave performs and teaches uh, and coordinates uh, YAP and a few other things. They're looking for people to have uh, coaches because it seems it, it sends a signal of commitment. And there, there's a lot of people graduating from from their programs and trying to get stage time. So right. and not enough stage time to go around. Not nearly enough. So if you show that you've taken the time to find someone to coach you that you're meeting every week, then it's a, a better gamble for them to give you some time. Exactly. Exactly. Especially, you know, work together, get a form together, figure out what you want to do, make a focus, and then pitch. So in in, in Prop Boston, for example, it's every quarter you have to bid. Yeah, you know, bid. You you submit for a show. So you, uh, mid-May, your submissions are due for uh, July, August, September. And you try to make a compelling pitch, Tell them who your coach is. Tell them what you're trying to achieve. What slots you think you guys would fit in. And I think this actually works in a number of not just improv Boston, but it works in a number of different uh, theaters, from what I understand. Mike uh, Descato, Dakota Descato, listen to me. <laughs> Mike Dakota, who's the artistic director, I mean, he he's had it. He's used the same system elsewhere. He came from Chicago, somewhere. Um, in Chicago, they always use the system. You have to the submit system, for anything. The Chicago system. Chicago system, yeah. To be in the loop. I was just well. reading the, the UCB, not the UCB comedy manual that the actual UCB people put out, but the UCB sort of stories ebook that that someone wrote. Um, and they were talking about what they would just have this day when everything, everyone would submit to perform. And then if you didn't get it, then it was like the end of the world. Right, because you wouldn't get one for a long time after that. And they, for the longest time, apparently just had it where if you showed up, you had if you showed up earlier than everyone else, then you had a better chance of. of I like a that. I'm, a, I'm an early riser. <laughs> I could go with that system. Right, like the uh, the Black Friday sales. Or... Line up at midnight. I'm here. I've got my pup tent. I'd like to perform. <laughs> That's a great book. I can't. It's called. Uh, High st high status characters or something like that. Interesting. If you look on my notes here somewhere, I have a book report as one of the features we could do. Oh, going well, forward, sort of because we read so many of these improv books. Right. 
Yeah, that's sure. For, this, I, for our audience who is like us, I would imagine. Well, it's a great book. I'm I'm not all the way through it yet. Jeff read the whole thing, but Jeff's not here this week. Mm. So so okay. So it used to be stories. Do you know who wrote it? Uh, I don't. It's it's someone that. It's like the worst book report ever. Thanks. Yeah, well, I won't do it as... I'll do it as a book report next week when I'm prepared. It just came to mind. Uh, It's a pain in the ass to get because it's only on Nook. So you have to go to Barnes & Noble. And if if you're one of the five people that owns a Nook, then you can watch... You can view it, read it, whatever you do with books and your eyeballs um, right away. Since nobody is that person, you have to... Like use some weird sketchy service and turn it into a Kindle file or something. Sounds uh, great. What a yeah. great business. Uh, sketchy Kindle uh, Nook to Kindle dot com or something. I used some weird site that just had ads surrounding this one little bar <laughs> where you would put your file in and hit upload and then it would spit out. That sounds perfectly setting. Yeah. So. Well, it's nice. I get emails from work from, from <laughs> Chinese spam sites now. I never, you know, never got those before. Uh, nice. So you're yeah. expanding your world <laughs> is really what it is. All right. I think, I think our, our I think our are guests gonna... are here. So let's gonna, pause for a commercial take a interruption quick break, and, and we'll see you in a moment. Here goes the commercials. Hey everybody! Sorry I gotta talk like this, but my wife is sleeping in the other room, and she don't know I got this business. TinyBaseballBats.com You got you got something you want to put on a tiny baseball bat. You got like a personal logo or a picture of your uncle's face or like a favorite Zorna Thurston quote or something. Uh, I can put it on a tiny baseball bat. I can put anything on a tiny baseball bat as long as it isn't too big because they're tiny, right? So go to TinyBaseballBats.com and order your tiny baseball bat. Alright, shit, I gotta go. Gotta go. Bye. All right, so we have with us uh, two members of various Improv Boston regular casts and Disco Basement, which is another Yay. independent yeah. improv group. Yeah. Um, Studio 40 group. Sort of the, the Chico of Studio 40. Yeah, there it is. That's a good description. <laughs> We're the Chico of Improv Boston. <laughs> a slightly more successful version of, of us. Thanks. It's just because we have more people. We just can, like, zero garage every improv. We don't like people. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> We're improvisers, of course. <laughs> we have an ever-shrinking We group. really do. Yeah. You're looking at, no, Jeff's anniversary is today. That's why he couldn't be here. Oh. So. Happy anniversary, Jeff and Jenna. Jeff and Jenna. But that would be the three of us. That's all that's left. No, oh, Rob is officially gone now. Shh. Hey, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Rob's uh, on a summer, summer hiatus. Uh, right. right. His, yes. his, his wife is doing uh, directing summer stock upstate Ooh. New York. And so he'll be sort of in and out oh, yeah, that's here tricky. and there. So, And Amanda is off to medical school. Yeah, right. So, yep. Yeah. Like I guess I saw her finale show. At priorities. The, uh, cage match. We're trying to get her to come back for the next. She might be for the one we're filling oh. up for you guys. We're trying to get her to drop med school. That's really? Yeah. What, I feel yeah. like the real promising yeah. career. Is... Why give up a career in comedy that doesn't pay to go to med school? Yeah. It's just. <laughs> and put yourself, you, you're going to be in debt no matter what. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> right. I mean, she'll be in debt and and making piles of money as a doctor, or you could be in debt as an improviser and make piles of laughs. 
work. And really, what is hemp at piles of laughs? As long as you right. have to clean up those piles, it's fine. <laughs> Good point. We should really point that out to her. More bedpan duty. So we have two wonderful creators of piles of laughs. <laughs> yes, that's how I like to be introduced yeah. from uh, here in perpetuity. Russ Sickinger and Skim Kim Kimball. <laughs> Yep, just add an extra Kim in there. Kim, 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 Hello, so I'm hi. Russell. Welcome. <laughs> I'm the other one. Skim, Kim, 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 Thanks for having us. It's a pleasure. Thanks for being here. Are we your like inaugural non Chico guest? Non Chico guest, yeah. First non Chico. Loser. Bursting the babe, <laughs> the Chico Maidenhead. Let's do it that way. Yeah, there you go. Right, Make it polite. Sound a little, little better. It's a family show after all. Make sure we pull out the bloody bed sheets after the podcast is done filming or recording. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> Take Just a moment to visualize that. Yeah, sink in. Well, I mean. So yes, having all... known Matt for many, many years. And be, him being one of the main reasons I got into comedy. We don't use that yeah, word. We can, <laughs> we can call it that, I guess. Um, I don't know. It's, it's not so out of the family. I mean, I'm not technically in Chico. You were, you were top of the list. Oh, How about that? Thank you. You guys were a number one. And I'm <laughs> just dating him. <laughs> uh, so, wait, we should do some more introductions because, Russ, you do, you're right now running the jam on Thursdays. Uh, I'm only helping fill in for, for Ryan. Well, filling in, but that's yeah. exciting. That's, that's running. Yeah. Uh, I'm only doing it for five weeks while uh, Mr. Ryan Sheely is away in Africa doing good work. I feel like you two are in an odd transitional state right now because Skim just ended Mr. Diplomat yeah. at IB, uh, which was a great show. Mm -hmm. I saw at least one of those. Yeah, and, uh, we did. We saw yeah. one together. Like const Aww. constant, and you energy. don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I try to forget. Well, sometimes I don't have a, a, a choice in the matter. Forgetting a night with, with my. <laughs> Well, you know, he's <laughs> known as Mr. Roofie for a reason. That's it. Uh, there we go. <laughs> there we go. High class comedy. I'm aiming high So, um, have you done a jam yet? Uh, for no, Thursday is my first one. This Thursday. Yeah. So it's a long form jam. It's the it's like the about. Thursday yep. night Herald night long form open jam thing. So it's, the point behind it being we have all these students at Improv Boston taking long form, yeah. learning the Herald, close quarters. Yeah. Well, nobody learns the close quarters. Yeah, you, so. you sit and listen to someone talk about <laughs> it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, and then on Thursday nights, everyone gets to uh, go up and show their wares, sort of play around. Yeah, as long as you've completed level 301, you can sign up and get in. Right. Um, and there's usually some kind of gimmick or there's hook. like a, a twist yeah there's usually like like at least a an idea for the jam it's not just like go up and do whatever you want i mean that happened once or twice early on in its sort of run but it was uh kind of <laughs> it was chaotic to say the least having like 20 people on stage just throwing anything they want out there so i've done i i've done it a couple of times i did mono scenes based on watching a movie clip yeah uh, I did. You were an animal. I think you did that. 
on the same. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a familiar. pretty early one, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that the inanimate object one? Uh, yeah, you were, you were actually a object. pillar, There's... weren't you? Uh... Yeah. I was a okay, pillar. I was in that one yeah. too. I... Oh, yeah. We were the Taj Mahal or something like exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Right. That one. I was. Uh, I, we were. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah. I, in the first set was animals from Australia for some reason. All right, Zach was in that one. Yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> so another thing from that UCB book, I think Jason Manzukas says it is like how hard it is to describe. What's his name again? I'm sorry, Jason, Jason. Manzukas. 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 He was I, in the Dictator. I thought you meant I <laughs> of Dictator. <fan>. Yeah. <laughs> now I got it. Go. But he talks about like how impossible it is to describe improv and not sound like a crazy person. Yeah. Or it's it's just it's something you have to be there for. And it it's not like badly telling a stand up joke. It's like having a stroke while trying to describe something (laughs) and then there was a pillar and it was talking to a pencil (laughs) it was really funny i promise guys (laughs) it's also like trying to describe a dungeons and dragons game or an acid trip yeah it's all very similar i feel like it's you know it's very much a a had to be there type form of entertainment i mean i think that's very understood by anyone that sat and listened to someone try to talk about improv so you have to be there on Thursday. Yeah, you have to go to every Listeners. improv show ever so you can get it's every It's an interesting joke. point also because, you know, there's this whole debate about long form, which is what we're talking about, on television. And it doesn't necessarily work because you have to actually be there. I don't know. I feel like it can work. They just never tried. Like, there's never been, like, a long form improvised show on Ask Cat. TV. That wasn't really yeah. ever – there was just a pilot that got televised once. You know, it's weird is on Netflix, you can watch Ascat and yeah. it's not the net Ascat that I watch. Yeah, there's, on television. there's two of them. There's one that they did for the UCB guys did for TBS. Mm-hmm. That was a pilot they shot that they did air on TBS and it's on YouTube and stuff. Um, right. And then there's the Ascat special that UCB put out themselves, right. which is the one that's on Netflix. It's I think that one's more it. worth watching. It's, it's I mean, really that one's good. more of a like a, a pure that's not, not I'm not, I can't really speak to this. I've only seen one ASCAT show, but like it was, it was obvious. It was just that someone, they filmed an ASCAT show as opposed to the TBS one where like they were in a weird studio and it was like, it wasn't like a normal place. Like it wasn't like where they usually do it. It wasn't a normal ASCAT show. Right. It was like a special thing they put together. Yeah. As far as I understand. <laughs> I'm not an authority. UCB historian? Yeah. Russell's like a Russell's Thank you very much. I saw one show, and here's what I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm an expert. I'm going to tell you exactly what happens there. And so, Skim, you just ended Mr. Diplomat. Yep. Um, What's the summary of Mr. Diplomat? Oh, my gosh. Um, I wish I could remember the entire opening. I think Russ has seen all of my shows, so he can probably do it. There's More something. Uh, there's a something about laughing so hard that you pee in your seats. Um, oh, I yeah. believe. Um, but mostly it's just um, the the idea is it's based off. It's similar to an ASCAT. It's an Armando, but the focus is kind of on high energy and just making things as heightened as and absurd as possible. So there's often a lot of like quick scenes. It's actually um, after each monologue or after most monologues, it starts with three quick scenes. And then um, goes into longer scenes, and there's there's a big emphasis on like callbacks, tagouts, and just kind of exploring the world that you've set up through something, you know, ridiculous you've pulled out of a monologue from uh, your monologist. I mean, I've seen I've seen a lot of improv shows, and I think the the surprising thing is how fast it is. Like right. it, it is the yeah. fastest improv yeah. I've ever seen. Just yeah. like two lines, bam, there's just people cutting into the middle of the first line because 
everyone already knows what the joke is, so yep. let's just get them off the stage. It's yeah. like this ADHD improv thing, and it's the brainchild of Zach Ward. Yep, and uh, it started in North Carolina, I assume, as he has one there. Uh, and I've, then he started it when he was, I guess he still technically is the managing director of IB. Uh, he brought it up north for us. And probably, I, I don't actually know most of Zach's past. It's been like slowly revealed to me uh, back from when he was a performer and not the managing director. Seems so long ago. I mean, before any of us <laughs> did improv. So like, you know, the before Zach era, I know nothing about. Um, but yeah, and he brought it up here. And uh, it used to actually be uh, part of Herald Night, which was really confusing when I was trying to learn what a herald was. Uh, <laughs> I remember yeah. that show. You just do 500 really quick scenes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think the next day we uh, had class or something, and we talked to our uh, teacher, and we're like, so, okay, we get what you've been telling us with Harold. Then we saw Harold's, and none of them seem like Harold's. <laughs> uh, especially, like, Mr. Diplomat, they're like, okay, no, that, that one's not Harold. The rest of them are just weird. But that one is, is actually uh, Normando, which you're going to learn later, very, very briefly in 501. Mm -hmm. um, so that was my first experience with that. And honestly, I was just honored to be a part of that cast after seeing that and just like I instantly loved it after seeing that one show. I'm like, okay, Harold's pretty cool. But like Armando seemed really, really cool. I want to do that when we learn how that works. Eventually. Someday. Yeah. For two weeks. Yep. <laughs> Words that were never said about a closed quarters. I, I or have, JTS Brown. Yeah. yeah. Does anyone know what that is? <laughs> it's it's when you don't do the things that you think you do. Yeah, yeah yes. pretty much. That's a good explanation. Dada improv as yeah. far as I can tell. I've been missing Harold's. I, I feel like I don't have enough opportunity to do Harold's. Yeah, like, it's weird that like the 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 jam that is on Harold Night very rarely has anything to do with like Harold. But I mean, because of time constraints, you can't really do like a well, jam. Uh, two weeks ago, we did one, didn't we? we did uh, with Speed Harold. You did Speed yeah. Harold's. Yeah, I missed yeah. that one. But yeah. yeah, it's very much like. But even that, it's like more of like a, a gimmick exercise. Right. Like you know, right. you're not really stretching like a Harold muscle. You're just doing like really fast scenes. I mean, the and the Harold is like. That's the, I don't know, there's probably some piano piece that's really hard to play from Stravinsky or something. Yeah. That, uh, it's like that. Oh, you mean the Ferguson <laughs> the Etudes Ferguson trio or <laughs> triad? Um, it's it, like in it, D minor. It's, it's like, it's like entry level improv in a lot of ways. Like, because the form is, like, so defined. It's like mm -hmm. chess. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone Simple will commit, to learn. compare the Herald to Difficult chess. to master. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's true about all improv, though. Like, I, th I think it, you could probably just describe everything as Everything chess, is anyway. chess, yeah. It's a, it's a pretty <laughs> obvious metaphor. There, I, this sphere is like chess. Danny. Furniture building. It's like chess. I actually fenced for a while, and they described it as physical chess. <laughs> which you know i guess that makes sense it's slightly more physical than, than moving pieces yes rapier to chin <laughs> that's that's not how that works at all i don't know <laughs> i watched it in the olympics yes you have to call your your call your moves beforehand skim have you watched like fencing on the olympics like whenever that was last year yeah um and it, it looked like uh tron 
because they have like tons of like LED lighting on oh, yeah. the people and on the like the stage, and it was very exciting, much more exciting than I expected it to be. Yeah, I mean, you they couldn't imagine sword fighting could be boring, but like it was so much more exciting. Yeah, you actually, it's really cool. Okay, so this is total tangent, but uh, in those light up things, like you are theirs is I think is a little more. Uh, high tech but you usually are like hooked into like all these wires so it connects to the scoreboard so that when and then you hook it through your uh your weapon and so if you turn around really quick because your butt is pretty much you know hooked up to a wire you will get completely wrapped up in your weapon (laughs) and the wire okay (laughs) it's a graceful sport (laughs) yeah Yeah. and then your score like drops and it goes and you're just yep. lying there in a yeah. pool of your own weapon. Just like physical chess. That happened to me the first time I tried the Herald. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, crying on the ground. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. Wrapped up in a group game. Uh, terrible. Rooms and hallways we couldn't get out. Uh, <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> just did 25 minutes of rooms and hallways. We never found the doors. But the thing is, like, that could be a Herald. <laughs> as much as, like... As far as anyone knows. As far as anyone knows or cares, like, how close you stick to a form in a show. Like right can... it's it's like a good painter or something oh god too many metaphors yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know you like, know it's like life if, you, if you're <laughs> really good at doing a straight on herald then you know when it's like all right we've we've found a funnier more interesting thing at this point so we don't have to do the three levels of herald and well that was finish when we wrap it up we had jackie for 301 and 401 jackie arco and then we went to see maxator and they didn't actually do a herald, and we were so confused. Yeah, we were like, "Wait, wait a minute! What the?" Because <laughs> yeah. it's hard enough to follow because it's just you're just doing scenes with you know things pulled out of people's minds, and if you're in classes just learning about a herald, then you're trying to count the scenes. Yeah, and if they're not doing a herald, then that is so fucking confusing. Well, yeah, I mean. <laughs> I would bet money that they would say what they did was a herald and whatever show you guys saw. Like, oh no, she was very clear. We said we decided really? just to not fuck to, herald. Oh, yeah. I guess they, they've done other forms yeah. in like herald knights and stuff too. But they have this... like technically that wasn't a herald, <laughs> but it can be really confusing yeah. to follow sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've all seen like a herald that either went off the rails or was like <laughs> like floating above the rails. Like <laughs> <a> train. <laughs> that's a good metaphor. <laughs> I think like that's why. Like so. So our group of friends uh, has gone to see many of Russell's show, and I got them out to see um, later on. I got them to see a Mr. Diplomat show uh, since they are still somehow not burnt out on coming to see our improv shows, which is amazing. <laughs> um, but the cool thing, like the different, like you know, I love the Herald, but it's interesting to see people who aren't used to improv like kind of come in and try to absorb stuff. And I feel like that's where the Armando like really hits, where it's like, okay, like, with the Herald, like you're kind of making all these connections in your brain that the audience doesn't see. And they're like, okay, cool. You're doing funny things. And they're your audience who like doesn't know Harold's. And then there's like the people who are just starting to do Harold's are like, what is going on? And there's people who know how to do Harold's are like, eh, they're just, they're, they're doing it. It's fine. Um, so they've got their checklist. Yeah. yeah. Like, I would okay, say that's an accurate description beat, yep. of a fresh blind right. audience. Um, but with the Armando, like everyone is getting the same amount of content. So there's this moment where the audience is like, oh, hey, I remember when they said that thing and now they're doing it on stage. I mean, the connections are never quite that clear because then it's just you're telling the story in the same way. But, you know, like, oh, she said this thing in this way and now they're seeing it. Now it's this whole scene. I get it. You know, and you're you're definitely all together. I'm trying to hold back from doing our 
our director, Bobby Smithney, does a very funny and not so flattering audience impression. <laughs> <laughs> they did the thing that they said they do. Oh, look. Yeah. Um, Spot on, Bobby Smithney. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> But it's it's a lot cooler because I get to like actually see it. So they're like on the same page with you, and it's like so much. It's like effortless compared to it feels effortless. I mean, there's obviously mm. effort, but you know, trying to get the audience to to get what you're doing is effortless compared to all the other forms that I've done. And we're actually uh, doing. Uh, if you remember, well, you do remember the um, Armando you did based off of the video clips. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Ryan Shuley is actually turning that into a show that we are both in that debuted last night. It's Monday, right? Yeah, it was yeah, last night. Yeah, de- debuted last night at the gym. Um, and it's the same kind of thing where, as, as you experienced, like, they're, everyone's watching the clip, and so when you're able to call it back, they're like, oh, yeah, I remember that thing for the clip, but now they're in a restaurant and not, like, going to, st- like, murdering each other. <laughs> uh, there's a scene that you did about, like, knives in a restaurant. Oh, yeah. He's saying happy birthday to you, yeah. you know. See, he's describing it. It yeah. sounds like a yep. crazy person. Wow. Hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> or an acid trip. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's a lot. You definitely have to, like, work a lot harder to get everyone on the same page with something like a Herald where it's like, okay, it's it's so artistic. It feels like more performance art than some other improv forms where you have all these different tools that make sense mostly to you, only to you usually, um, that, you know, gives you this form that the untrained audience doesn't necessarily understand. So you have to do it really, really, really well mm-hmm. in order for them to, like, really be on board. Like, okay, some things are happening and there seems to be, like, a vague pattern to it, but, nah, it's cool. This is just really funny. Mm-hmm. It's like a uh, good music. A musician, a Extra trained musician, musicians. will know <laughs> what's going on in there. Well, oh, that was a minor chord. I could see how that created tension. It's like it's like watching an expert chess player play against play a, piano, yeah, play, play piano, and fence at the same time. Just like chess. You don't know what's Actually, going on, but you're enjoying, that, you're enjoying it. That is kind of a good description of a herald. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good description of a bad herald. <laughs> like all this random shit is happening, or, and I don't know what it is. Or a third beat scene. Or yeah, <laughs> most third beat scenes. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very much like a different world, like. It's like the Herald was like invented as like an exercise. Like it no, was. Well, there's a reason it feels like performance art, and it's because Del Close was yeah wanted it. Right, he yeah. wanted it to be yeah. like comedy coming from like comedy as a secondary thing to like universal truths. Yeah. Um, he did a lot of drugs, but he said a lot of smart things <laughs> too. Uh, and I, I really like that idea, and I, I'd like to see more improv that veers more in the direction of like these kind of deep realizations and then and then comedy happens as as a result of us just realizing that's us well yeah i think like <laughs> dell's sort of like vision sort of really manifests in like some of the openings for Harold, specifically like the invocation yeah yeah which yeah. i mean all of you just went <laughs> like oh god that thing so but i've weird. both the Harold teams i've been on we have done invocations eventually we've done a lot of different openings because you got to find your your what works for you but um in my first Harold team we started with god we started with invocation um and yeah you know you do it once in level three mm-hmm. and it feels like the stupidest thing you've ever done in your life you're standing in a circle like so for our audience tennis racket describe invocation so an invocation is it's kind of like an artistic should i describe what an opening is because <laughs> i don't know how like deep i got i think go. that comes at the beginning <laughs> yeah um 
it's like an artistic way to generate ideas for your show. So like you get a suggestion of an object. That's what an opening is. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And the invocation specifically is uh, your team uh, takes this object and sort of embodies it with like uh, ideas, thoughts, emotions, history, and you, you build it up and you build it up and build it up until it becomes like a god to you, the cast and hopefully the audience as well, if you do it well. All hail tennis racket. Yeah, all hail tennis racket. Um, <laughs> and it's it's a it's a weird opening to do to an audience of people that don't know what improv is because it looks like you're crazy right. if you're not committed to it. If you're half-assing like an invocation, like probably everyone ever has done in their three hundred one class. Well, I think the reason everyone groaned when you said invocation is because it's also incredibly hard to teach. Yeah, right. So all of us have that memory of being in a class and having someone try and teach us invocation, and then going, "All right, so I am a pen, and I fear." Yeah, you know. <laughs> Loss or yeah. something? Like, it's like, <laughs> I don't understand. It's very difficult to grasp. It's like you know the steps that it is. Like you, you've been taught the steps, but like you don't know what they mean or why you're doing them. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's just you're going through the motions when you're learning it. And, you know, that's always the case with most improv, actually. <laughs> you know, sure. you're just figuring shit out. Um, and invocation is just so like esoteric and weird that it seems even more out there than most of the other stuff. Because a lot of the openings are pretty grounded stuff. Like, you know, if you do uh, monologues. Three monologues. That's, there you go. That's very easy. You're yep. telling either a personal or a character story. Like you, everyone can understand that. Right. Even like, well, Clover is very weird yeah. <laughs> to, to a I've, non like. To, it's boring for an audience. Yeah. I've only Unless seen one really interesting well. Clover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was uh, Alex LeBaron and Brendan Mulhern. I forgot what their name was at the time. Uh, doing like a rocking out Clover. Which was actually like they would every time they came back to the word, they'd just like rock out for a minute. <laughs> and it was like really fast and like hardcore. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's so important to like make it presentational, right. like any opening. Like, if you're just standing there, like very like dryly talking about something that happened to you in the past as a monologue, like it's not interesting to anybody to watch. Right. You may generate ideas, but it's not interesting. So that's why I kind of like the invocation because it's a it's a it's a dramatic thing if it's done right. Mm-hmm. It's like it's this whole presentation, this crazy thing is happening. Um, but I will say I'm glad that I'm not doing a straight invocation anymore because there is a. It may seem like you could just go on that thing forever, but you really run out of ideas. <laughs> like you start hitting the same things over and over and over again. It's either old, like uh, new, like you hit like these same sort of tropes over and over again because you get in an object that you have to kind of communally build together right. something with your team and, you know, eight people or however many people trying to come together in this same idea on an object in like two minutes at most. Right. You're going to hit similar themes over and over again. And then it, the sort of strange thing about improv is you're probably performing to a completely different audience and they wouldn't know that, yeah. but you feel like you're cheating. Yeah, right? it, it yeah. feels, yeah, it very much feels like you're cheating. Like I can definitely feel, I can remember at least two or three shows we did where it was like we got three totally different objects and we ended up getting like three like old and worn and loved was like the theme that we pulled out of the opening. And, you know, that was in six months of shows. So it was like 
that didn't take very long. To... It's like in our 401 show when we decided ahead of time the theme was going to be Im- immaturity. <laughs> Pre-planned, smart. <laughs> Did you script it too? <laughs> the whole thing. It took us yeah. weeks. But... With thousands of dollars in those little curly ear- earpieces. <laughs> I can just hear you see you all like putting your hands to your ears. What was that? <laughs> Jackie, did you say I should be happy in this scene? Okay. <laughs> but there's also a point where I feel like you, if you've been doing improv long enough and it, I, I think it's like this weird in between awkward phase after you've been out of classes for a while and before you're like, you've really done it enough to like, for it's just like, it's just not even like thinking anymore, which I, mean, I guess it really shouldn't be, but mm. you know, or it, it's just sort of like all muscle memory, so to speak. Uh, where you do scenes that are similar to scenes you've done before, like long, long ago, and you feel like you just keep getting stuck in those patterns, and you're like, oh, like, you know, I feel like this this is really cheap. And you, like, I think back to the times when I was in like 101 or 201, um, back in the day, they were just level one and level two. Yeah. Um, so so long yeah. ago. <laughs> um, and I'm like, man, like we just came up with like the weirdest things that like I just can't think of anymore. Like I've kind of settled into this weird comfort zone where I just kind of you know, the ways I react to things is with like certain characters. Like, I feel like, I don't know, it's like a weird growing pain, really. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, I, it's, you run out of like personal experiences to pull from eventually. Like, you can't always be like dipping into the well of yourself forever for improv scenes. So you have to like start like either creating stuff from whole cloth or like experiencing new stuff. Right. That's kind of like there's a Del Close quote there yeah. too. Yeah, right. I forget what it is, but if you're if you're not experiencing new things, then you're not you're not growing, you're not, you're right. not growing yeah. something yeah. like that. I mean, in a show, like you can still do new characters, but there's like that point where you're just like, I am like a really sad, very aware little child again really <laughs> i just irish just... priest what yeah. <laughs> guy with a funny voice oh no <laughs> accepting southerner i think is is one i yeah. feel like i go to too much yeah you do it very well <laughs> remember that, that jam yeah. that was awesome it's uh, yeah i mean I'm, we're all new at this so it's yeah. like i feel like it's like a wall you either can pass yeah. or you can't it's just like you know enough to know that it's weird but like you don't entirely know the best way to get out of it yet mm-hmm. until like you've just done it enough. I think, I hope that's how you fix it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I we'll, feel like that's, especially... we'll find out eventually. Tune in next year. Yeah. <laughs> but that must be especially difficult coming from a Herald where you are just constantly building off of the group mind. Whereas again, with the Armando, like it's something new every time. So you at least have a chance of like getting entirely new content you would have never thought about. So it's also easier in that sense. But if you're just like, group of people who work together really well or have worked together for a while doing an opening. It's like, well, yeah, you guys are going to kind of go to the same places because you have that group mind. Yeah. Let, really let's good. heighten to God and Satan. Yeah. <laughs> and you get a second beat Batman in there and you're yeah. got them all. Yeah. Or some presidents in the moon is the Johnson. Yeah. There's some pretty <laughs> Johnson get in here. <laughs> well, we ended up with a, a game in one of our, that was going to be our name, by the way. Johnson, actually. get in here. Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, just Johnson. Yeah. My Herald team, my new current Herald team, was almost Hey Guys. Yeah. <laughs> games. Yeah. But that was... Uh, uh, in 301, we were Moon Presidents. Yeah, Moon pre- Presidents in the Moon or Moon Presidents. We yeah. were the Arconauts. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. After Jackie Ark. Yes, yeah, I figured. <laughs> Not after... Jason. Jason. Jason and the Argonauts. <laughs> Argonauts. <laughs> I love that chip. So they couldn't do a G with the uh, 
etching with the chisel. A lot of curves. Yeah, it's tough. The, the ancient Greeks didn't have a G. <laughs> yeah, that's that, a fact. That's believable. I, they were just reeks. <laughs> for a really long time. <laughs> they realized that was not a good name. Yeah. Why is tourism down? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Uh, we had an exercise that we were doing in our our practices, where uh, because of the whole sort of God just heightening to yeah. anything. Whenever one of us would negate something accidentally, it would, we would just instantly drop the scene and play the negation game. Or you <laughs> had to you had to add things, but you couldn't you couldn't right. add to your it was, it was no end the offer. Really, it was yeah. the anti It was no but yeah. 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 Sort of. But the goal of the game was to negate reality and then language itself. And then if you could go lower. <laughs> so you negate emotion, right. negate self, <laughs> negate all things, yeah. We were surprisingly good at it. <laughs> Unfortunately, it could never be performed. I feel like some of the most interesting improv comes out of like the training for what not to do. Hmm. Like so on our team we do we sometimes do things where one of us has to be especially like around the times of um auditions and whatnot you know we have to we do a practice to like how to deal with an improviser who is like you know just kind of walked in off the street and has no idea what they're doing and is doing like all of the wrong things so it's actually a lot of fun we get uh one person who gets to be the like bad improviser that's just doing all of the wrong things and then the other person who has to kind of justify it which is like so much fun and it's actually how we got uh one of the characters that uh, one of our teammates plays really well. Uh, well uh, interestingly, um, our teammate Bob has a very interesting basketball player. I don't think he's actually ever played basketball in his life, but it's a very interesting physicality. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's just you just kept jumping around playing basketball, which is kind of like bongos. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> how we yeah. learned that Bob's like yeah. physicality is probably one of the most funniest things yep. about him. Like, and uh, luckily from that, like after we watched that, we're like, wait, you're supposed to be like the bad improviser in that, but you made that seem like awesome. And I think that's kind of thankfully now he does a lot more physicality, and it's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a fun game to play because for one thing, it's like you can have some really weird discovery, self-discovery yeah. in it. Like trying to be a bad improviser really pushes you to do things that you wouldn't normally do. Instead right. of being right. self-aware child yeah. or a uh, weird voice guy. Yeah, like yeah. you have to do something either really bizarre or like something simply and do it wrong, but really commit to it. And like heightened it, but then you're making a strong decision, which which like, is a yeah. yeah which, <laughs> you should be waffling nonstop yeah. about right. it, yeah. <laughs> if you really want to, just constantly changing what you're doing wrong. I enjoy that uh, quantum realities thing that we do, where so you have two or three people, maybe four. Doesn't work any past that. Work. Everyone's got their own reality. Everyone exists in the, each other's reality, but the <laughs> al- realities don't overlap. So if we use a suggestion of chili. I might think that we're at the Arctic, uh, you know, up the North Pole. And, and someone else is at Chili's, the restaurant. Exactly. And right. we're still interacting with each other. And, and we're I'm still cooking. picking up each yeah. other's lines. So it's like you're in different realities, like... Continuously. Continuously. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, fun. But you feed each other's scenes. So, yeah, you're, you're not, you're not like, oblivious. Yeah, you're actually yeah. interacting with each other. It right. is three, like, overlapping. Are you, like, yeah. having conversations or is kind it, like, of. scene yeah. work interaction? 
you're having conversations, but you have to make them relate to your scene, but they're following. The idea is to so have coming from multiple his scenes. So someone, one person's having a conversation with someone at Chili's, and the other person is like responding to that conversation, but having a conversation with someone else in the Arctic. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Wow, that's challenging. It's a lot of fun. Actually. Yeah, it was yeah. really fun. Three people, it's fun. After three, it gets it's just yeah interesting yeah, yeah it gets probably pretty chaotic i mean that's true about everything right <laughs> like the more people you add to a show or a scene like the more chaotic it's going to be yeah i mean something you know i would love for us to do that as a big mono scene and a show at some but oh my gosh yeah it just yeah. blows your mind yeah. trying, to, trying to actually do it so and you really got to be really clear setting that up for the audience. And, and yeah. what I like about it is, you <laughs> otherwise they're going to be really confused. It's all about justification. It's all about listening. It's actually a really good exercise in terms of yeah. what are they saying and how can I turn that into my reality. But um, the multiple and and saying things that apply in not just your reality but two or three other ones. Uh, it's a good exercise. Yeah, if nothing else. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's, I, you said it very well. Yeah, good job. <laughs> Thanks. You didn't even use a metaphor, as far as I can tell. There's no chess or no. It's like fencing. a coaster. Ah, oh, which is like chess. <laughs> damn it, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> uh, so believe it or not, uh, one of the things that our team has a really hard time with is being the asshole in scenes. Oh God, um, yeah. that's a Bobby Smithy thing too. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. He, um, I love that. So we do something called asshole practice, where he just because we all like we all know we all know each other, we all like each other a lot, we like hang out a lot. So it's really hard for us to want to be the jerk in a scene. So he just makes us do it. Like, okay, so you have to be the absolute worst person ever, and you can't like try to justify something horrible you've done, which is what we're what we kept doing. Yeah, it's like what uh, everyone's reaction yeah. is. Like, uh, like, why did you kill all these children? I didn't kill the children. Yeah. Oh, like it's and he wants they you to were say evil. Yeah. Yeah. Like, did I get them all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And it's just it's like it's kind it's counterintuitive in so many ways. Yeah. Like just as a person, yeah. <laughs> is it a monster? Did like, working with people that you like? Yeah, you don't want to be like a humongous monster yeah. on stage because like you know. Well, it's also very hard just because that's not where you want to go. Yeah. yeah, and if you're doing it very quickly, it's just it's you know you're sort of reacting. That's. Uh, that becomes part of the problem. That's actually one of the things that we worked on with uh, Mission Control, which is, it's you're an astronaut and you're uh, Mission Control. And so there's a yeah. three-second delay, three to five-second delay between lines. Yeah. So it trains you to say, okay, what am I going to get rid of? Yeah, really. My first suggestion, no. Second one, no. Third one, I can be a dick. Yeah. You know, and you go, <laughs> all right, now I'm going to do that. And then you got to wait three seconds for somebody. Else. So again, uh, not something you want to do for a half-an-hour show. No, yeah, but it's yeah. a fun little thing to add, yeah. Exactly. It's a nice scene work, if nothing else. I think a, a particular scene in a montage would be fun. And But it's good for us to sort of to get you thinking about quickly discarding the obvious. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, like being an asshole is very much always not the obvious thing. Right. Yeah. Um, in a, a Herald show I was in a couple months ago, like, and this is something I wouldn't have done six months ago. I don't think who, who knows, but I don't think I would have done it. But like, you know, I was just doing the scene where like people are not wanting things like someone's like, I don't want this thing. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. You know, and they were heightening it up and heightening it up. And I think it got to like a baby it was like, I don't want this baby. Oh, okay. Don't I'm leaving this baby. I'm bringing it back. And this is like a second beat scene. So it was like a lot of like 
negotiating and interacting and like you know it's a funny scene because you know it's absurd that i don't want this baby i just had blah 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 stuff and i was like so we need to heighten this a lot because you know we've already gone through a couple tag outs so i run out and i like throw the baby into the audience i just grab it and like throw it away <laughs> and it was like a thing i never would have thought to have done like just six months ago like without like doing that asshole practice type stuff um you wanted to save the baby. I wanted to, yeah, like uh, coddle. I very much wanted to, like stop the whole show or like do something. Like, there's a baby here, people. <laughs> stop swearing. <laughs> <laughs> or just like you know, like heighten it to a degree. Like, oh, it's, I'm going to give it to an orphanage right, instead. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's still heightening, but it's like barely heightening. You know. Well, yeah, you get into that where it just gets it's linear. Yeah. and everything's just oh well. Now there's two babies, yeah. and I'm gonna kill them or something. But like, like I uh, yeah, I. I <laughs> I, I like realized what I had done, like, cause I, it was just like a reaction. Like I didn't like plan it ahead. Um, and I was like, Oh, I, I'm the asshole now. So I spent like the rest of the show, like destroying babies. <laughs> like I was like, sure. I, I, it's the only way you can be sure. Yeah. <laughs> and rejoicing in the lamentation. Yeah. Women. Like I was like, you know, d- stomping on babies. Like it's just destroying babies for like the third beat of the show. And it was so fun. And it was something I wouldn't have ever, even remotely thought to done without like really like committing to being an asshole, which is something that like took training. It took practice, which is such a weird thing to say. I had to practice being an asshole in scenes, guys. <laughs> and it paid off. And once again describing improv yes. timing like yeah. a crazy sounds person. like a maniac. <laughs> there was this one guy, he was such an asshole, he was hysterical. Yeah, he's the funniest <laughs> asshole I've ever seen. He stomped on all these babies <laughs> and everyone was laughing. <laughs> and there's a whole crowd of people around him really enjoying him destroying babies. <laughs> I would pay to see that show again. <laughs> During the so in the last Mr. Diplomat show, they um I so someone, so there's a scene where uh, someone was trying to give me an EpiPen, but since it's improv, uh, he just punched me in the leg, which I thought was hilarious, and like he committed to it. And then like we got down to the green room, I'm like, "Cause so you just like punched me in the leg." He's like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." I'm like, "No, that was hilarious. Like that is a good uh, like you know demonstration of like improv, where it's like, no, you like seriously like thought like you had an EpiPen and you had nothing, so you really just punched me in the leg. Yeah, and I'll be he, fine. <laughs> that was funny. He fully committed, and it yeah. got a very real reaction. <laughs> and then there's also, like, he's, he's the nicest guy, and then there's also, like, a scene where, just out of nowhere, he just starts, like, screaming at me. I mean, oh. I did. I, I kind of prov- provoked him with oh, my yeah. terrible prank. Again, this, you know, sounds crazy. Uh, I had this terrible prank. I moved his seat and expected him to be like, oh, it's a dumb prank. But then he just starts screaming at me. Uh, like I am the worst human being ever, like out of control, like in my face. And I'm just like terrified for my life at that point. I'm just like, this is like, as a character, I'm like, this is not what I expected at all. And then I got stage, I'm like, that was awesome. He just screamed at me for like two minutes and I did not expect it. It was awesome. There's that feeling when that happens of like, a reality like invading your reality so you're just in this like box of another reality and then everything feels so comfortable like in that moment it's like i am i'm someone being yelled at and i'm exactly 
when you're like wholly committed to a scene and like you you have a second to kind of step outside of it and like think not in character and just kind of look objectively at what's happening like in the scene yeah and it's just like oh this is really working and it's believable and this is like fun and it's like it's a very comforting feeling to get it's like like matrix moment yeah i know everything this person would say in any situation (laughs) come on see what is that that nick nicholas cage movie where he knew what knowing yeah (laughs) knowing Isn't that what? Oh, no, that's new, what it's Newing, called, huh? I think it was. Newing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no more Nicolas Cage references, please. That's a monster. That's next week's podcast. Yeah, that's next week's podcast. That's the Nicolas Cage podcast. <laughs> Mr. Huey Lewis one last week. Yeah. So. Did Huey Lewis actually come down here and do the he podcast? He did. He oh, did. He wants wow. nothing better he, to do. I mean, really. He, yeah. He's I an just, improv guy. I didn't know. He's yeah. a big improv guy. Where does he perform? Uh, all over. Oh, wow. Well, well, I mean, yeah, who wouldn't want to do it? It's like how uh, Steve Martin plays the banjo now, but everyone knows him as a comedian. So like, yeah, we'll book you. And they think it's, you know, for comedy. But now he's plays the banjo. It's the same way with Huey Lewis, only the other way around. It's performance right. art. Yeah. There you go. Play Power of Love. <laughs> Give me a suggestion. <laughs> power of Love. Okay. <laughs> well, now we're gonna oh, this do is powerful I... love. I mean, Chip Ferguson end up yelling at each other <laughs> for two minutes, and it's a great scene. <laughs> oh, I want that. All right. So you guys are, you get regular stage time, relatively regular stage time. Mm-hmm. You're doing well. So where do you want to go? What's your next step aspirationally? If I could use that. In, in don't improv. Let him, don't let him use it. Yeah, no. <laughs> Stop it. I wasn't no. sure it was an actual word yeah. for a Should moment there. You know? What's your next Ding. step? step <laughs> There it is. That's what I was looking for. Thank you very much, Matt. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> Fuck you. <Okay>. Check. <laughs> um, I mean, for me personally, like... It's simple for me because, like, there is kind of a clear stepping stone in the Herald show. Like, Fresh Blend is the intro level show. I mean, it's very much like people that are new to Herald and improv, for the most part, like, that's where they perform. Uh, And Top Shelf is for the people that have that are good at Harold. <laughs> I'm simplifying it, but like that's right. a, that's the long and short of it. Um, they're different shows. Like one of them is like a, a marquee show. So it's like they want people to be able to come to it and pay money off the street and enjoy the show and not have to work to get it. You know, right. it should be a yep. funny show by itself. And Fresh Blend is like a clubhouse show. It's mm-hmm. like, it's for performers. It's and students. Right. It's not, it's not, I mean, the audience should be able to come in and enjoy it because it's a comedy show, God willing. Like, someone <laughs> off the street will actually find a Fresh Blend show funny. I hope. I think they do. Maybe. Who knows? Or they're not They're not people who have just found out about Harold's and they're, like, hopping on stage. No. Well, right, right. I, mean, the, I mean, there are a lot of people that come. Well, a lot may be a bit too much. But there are people that come to Fresh Blend shows that don't jump up in the jam like mm-hmm. there is sometimes actual right. audience actual members? audience oh, no, members. I met the performers what? you know they're they're people who have been doing it for a year or two at least uh i mean then, in some cases yeah i mean or they've like they've taken the classes at least i assume right, like right, i mean i don't yeah. know everyone but and like, now they're just kind of working up their chops yeah they're 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 doing the time in the trenches essentially 
getting trench foot. Yeah, <laughs> getting yes. trench foot and dying of dysentery and all sorts of terrible things. Listen, Fresh Blood's a tough show, guys. <laughs> We've lost a lot n- like improv. We've lost <laughs> numerous castmates. <laughs> you horrible should, diseases. Just the sea behind the main stage, <laughs> just bodies. Every Fresh Blood show. <laughs> <laughs> just covered in pores and smallpox and <laughs> Spanish influenza. Still around, guys. <laughs> um, Only the strong survive. Yeah. Uh, or they go to Top Show, <laughs> actually. Exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, it's just more like the Highlander more than yeah. anything else. It could be only one. Yeah, they could be only one team. T- yeah, team. <laughs> probably so, going to be Maxitor. Yeah, they'll win. they could probably kick all of Top Shelf's asses if it came down to not like an improv, just like I feel like, like in, phys- in a physical fight. Yes. Yeah, they could they could probably kick the ass of any other Herald team. They're tough. As long as scrappy rules apply. Yeah. Uh, I think oh, yeah. in improv, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I believe that, like, Shannon and Jackie fight dirty. Oh, God, yeah. I, I had it probably fights dirty, too. Yeah, but you would never expect it from her. No. So it's that's, even better. That's the scariest, yeah. yeah. I think I'm afraid of Brian Stone, like, the least out of any of the people on Mass yeah. now. <laughs> no offense, Brian. <laughs> but, he's just so darn affable. Yeah, he's a, he's a nice guy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my goal, obviously, is to be on a Top Shelf team eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who knows if it'll ever happen. If it doesn't, I'd still be happy. You know, I'm, I don't look at gift horse in the mouth. I'm lucky to be on a team at all. So, like, but I've, I've been working for Top Shelf, and I will continue to work for Top Shelf. And when I do eventually get Top Shelf, I'll figure out what the hell else there is after that. <laughs> I mean, it's weird, because, like, I've only... Like, I've only done Harold, like, as a, a cast person. So, like, there's not... I, I'm terrible at short form. Awful at short form. Unbelievably bad at short form. I don't know why. I just... It doesn't work in my brain. And, like, a lot of the other shows in the theater have short form, like, in it as a part of it. 185 Russ is walking to a bar and uh, hates this game. Yeah. <laughs> and <it's> sad. <laughs> really, really sad. And stands in the back line, just kind of looking forlorn. Uh, world's worst short form improviser. <laughs> every time I make a pun in that game, you wince. Yeah. Every time I make a pun is made anywhere, I wince. That's maybe probably why I hate short form. Mm. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. But, yeah. So, it's... There's, there's a weird... I don't know where other else there is after that. I mean, there's all sorts of shows in, in mm-hmm. the theater. There's a lot of shows in the theater, like right. you know, not like cast shows, but there's a ton of stuff. There's a lot of opportunities. It's just they're not all like specifically like cast opportunities, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. So who knows? And I kind of look at things the opposite way since I've haven't done like one of the like. I, I mean, I guess it's still not marquee, but like one of the like the kind of like Herald Night and stuff like that. Um, so I've mostly done just like the sideshows and like, um, diplomat. I was not so much, it, it's like, it sounds like a secret society. Like I wasn't, I didn't audition for it. I was just like tapped to become a part of it, um, <laughs> which yeah, was fine. And it was also like crazy. Cause it's like diplomat has had uh, like the people on diplomat are the people that I have looked up to in the theater for so long. Like, Oh my God, I can't imagine ever performing with Marty Johnson and Brian Donnelly. And then I just did. And I'm like, why are you letting me do this? This is awesome. <laughs> and they're all like really friendly and know my name. Like what? How is this happening? And and they're just like awesome. And it was just like, you know, Mr. Diplomat, it was just amazing. So just working with all of these people who have been at the theater forever. And then like me, who's like very new to the theater and just like, you know, kind of terrifying. Like what if I do something wrong? And then realizing if I go out there, these people have been doing improv like 
for 10 years probably at least most of them if i go out there and do something they'll make it funny no matter what um so i feel like that was like kind of a, a jump for me where it was like oh wow suddenly i'm part of like this amazing thing that i've wanted to be a part of ever since i saw the first show um but i guess from here on i've also really admired like i, I want to be a part of a showcase show i want to like create something really cool that can become a showcase show mm. and i really like the idea of like there's like some sort of structure to it and then you get to kind of play from that. Uh, I really liked the My Dark Love show. I don't know if right. you guys saw that. Yep. The Twilight based show for those of you who don't know. Um, <laughs> who might be listening. Uh, and it was really cool. Yes, my mom has no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom has a very good idea. <laughs> Weird. She's really in the know. Um, so like they, it was really cool because they like had to hit certain points in the story but getting to those points was just like so wacky and like fun so it's like okay you don't even ha you don't actually have to worry about like hey what's gonna happen next because like you just do you kind of make up the story and then you kind of hit you can kind of pull from a major plot point from you know something that everyone kind of knows actually i didn't going into it russ had to explain twilight to me oh yeah because you've never seen I it i hadn't seen it um, <laughs> I, I had let's yep. just be clear yep. okay yeah okay. <laughs> i had seen uh, numerous twilights i think we understand what's going on <laughs> thank you oh like my that. name is russell Seconder. where <laughs> they just came up with like, a really cool show we're like hey we want to do it and pull together an awesome cast and then like it was just really fun i really like shows where it could pull someone in off of the street. Like, those shows amaze me. Like, you know, if you do, like, some stuff, like, even, like, the Sunday Night Jam, like, it's like, okay, these are all people who know about the theater. Cool. Mm -hmm. Like, they just come here to see shows. But something where, like, a show where someone who has never really heard of improv, uh, like, is like, hey, well, that's really cool. Like, a comedy show based on Twilight. Or there's also Camp, which was also amazing, where it was, you know, the, the improvisers were all in camp in the 90s. Uh, you know, something like that where you can pitch it that way where it's like oh here's this really interesting thing and you don't have to be like oh it's improv like I don't really know anything about it like no it's about camp and it's funny I love shows like that and I would absolutely love to be a part of a showcase show um, also I I've been like thinking about it a lot lately and I want to someday be able to think fast enough whether or not I'd actually be cast on it or not I want to be able to think fast enough to be able to do any of the stuff that uh Face Off does. Right. They are amazing. Like how fast they think. I saw a show recently. I hadn't Nicholas seen a show Cage for reference. Long. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Damn you. Guys, this is a John Travolta next reference. Week. <laughs> oh, uh, she turned it around on you. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway. Um, so just like watching that, like after like having as much experience with improv, like just how fast they have to like think and like work and I, you know, I love 185, but I can't think that fast or like, you know, sex with me. And it's all very integrated where I feel like with main stage, it's definitely more for like a very beginner audience where they pull people up on stage. And I think they do some of that in face off, but it's so well integrated where it's just, there's the story of there are these two warring teams that are fighting, you know, an improv for you. I mean, there's, you know, cage match, but it's, it's more story based where everyone's kind of playing together, but then there are points which are silly. Um, and it's just like really cool. There's this overall story rather than just like, here's a show that's introducing you to improv with all the most amazing improvisers in the theater. That should be their opening song, yeah. by the way. We're just creating a new opening. We're going to loop that for them. Hey, we're yes, good. We'll telling send Bobby. that over to <laughs> yeah. Serpico's going to love it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Like I feel like I'm like light years away from being able to do that nearly like nearly as well or as fast as any of them are able to but like you know if i could do that someday i would feel 
pretty pretty good with myself yeah well it is it's crazy seeing some of these people because i have i've been going to i took classes at improv asylum like six or seven years ago and kind of dropped out of improv for a while and so all these people that are now at ib and, and they're big um or you know they're on the main stage and everything i saw them when they weren't that good <laughs> and it wasn't that long ago i mean it was you know five or six years ago yeah. and they were pretty good but now like um but yeah i just i remember all those people and it just doesn't take that long you just got to put in the well, I mean, five to six years of doing right, just, anything just you should be hopefully better at. Malcolm Gladwell all again. Yeah, that's, uh, that's 10, just a tour hours. of World War One England. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> five to six years. God, if you commit yourself to anything for five to six years, I hope you'd be at least that's true. Better good at it, yeah, or better than you were when you started. I mean, yeah, there's obviously exceptions, but yeah. I, just and doing we, we know who they are. Yes, and we know we, exactly we know very who they are. We're gonna name them all right yeah. now. Go. Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah. It's uh, Chet first. <laughs> stop. Stop messing with Chet, man. He's a musical genius and an improv genius. Apparently, we've learned today. <laughs> Mike tried to lie to us last week, but who's the guitarist of Huey Lewis? It's not a lie. Was... It says so on Wikipedia. I know for a fact it says on Speaking Wikipedia. of Wikipedia. Um, we can plug something out. Yeah. Plug away. Oh, yeah. That's what we want. So, like, I mean, for, like, a story of, like, coming up through Improv Boston. So, like, our team, Disco Basement, our independent team, um, which just recently got uh, sort of cast on Studio 40, uh, we all met uh, at level... And we all, the group of us, the core, all of the group of us that are currently in Disco Basement met in 401, but some of us had met in 201 and or knew each other previously um so we all came together as a group and as a team through improv boston classes um and for you know a long time it was just us doing classes together and we, you know we weren't a team yet we weren't like a group we were just taking classes so we all took classes 501 together for the most part and when available 601 together so like we stuck together as much as we could through the curriculum uh, and then afterwards, we were insanely lucky um, to have two people uh, willing to, you know, coach us further. Um, so uh, Shannon Conley was our teacher at 401, and, you know, we had a really good, you know, rapport with her, and we had a lot of fun in the classes and shows and stuff. And, we, you know, we, we became, I would like to think, friends with her. I think she would say that. Um and we're also very lucky um, <laughs> to have uh, Claire Smithney uh, taking classes with us in, in 401, who is Bobby Smithney's wife and also, you know, a very talented improviser and of herself. So, like, she was like, you know, I can just have Bobby help, you know, coach us. <laughs> so it's like, okay, sure, why not? You know, like, this is a guy that I had seen in, like, I don't know, like, level two or something. I've been like, whoa. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, why isn't he on TV right now? You know, like, he's uh, incredible. Uh, and, you know, we just insanely lucky as a team. Like, but, but he does assure us that he would still be coaching us even if he wasn't married to someone on our team. Yeah, so. he has said that. Yeah. Which is it's very nice. He said that it's with a nice her, thing to say. I'm pretty sure he <laughs> yeah, said that with her not there, so I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So like, and then you know we sort of after we finished classes, like we were kind of like as a team, like you know out in the weeds because like once you finish classes, like for the most part, you are now officially on your own. Right. Like you are got to figure it you out. Got to figure yeah. it out. Um, so 
you know, there'd be like the occasional cage match or jam or something. And it was very much just us like, we're, we're still a team. We're going to do a montage. Blah, bye. You know, and we'd yeah. like, you know, do a show and it be, wouldn't be terrible. You know, we're still learning. We're all still get, figuring this stuff out. Um, but like, we didn't have a form or anything as a team. We were just still, it was for a long time. It was still very much us just essentially taking more classes just like with but together but right. together individually outside of the theater because right. we had finished the curriculum um and then after like i don't know how long how long was it until we really started getting serious about a form well we did our first form which was based off of the game half-life oh, yeah. only it was mm-hmm. just it was like a full long like 20 to 30 minute set of half-life where we went from like 15 minutes down to like a two second scene which is like really fun to keep things fast and like up the energy um and that's we tried we started doing that i think in september or august uh, yeah it was probably august of september last year. Yeah, of last year um, and for the audience the that doesn't know that half-life is you do a 15 minute scene then a seven, seven and, minutes, and a half seven and a half minute scene then i'm, I'm all the, about you're exactly trying to do this three and a quarter <laughs> one it's, and seven eighths let's get a calculator minutes. it's uh yeah so i mean it's just like you're having the length of the scene incrementally until we're you doing get the exact same exactly the same scene. and the focus is on getting to the funny faster obviously it's always yeah. the key uh and just like having as many physicalities in it that you can replay in a shorter scene um so we as a team did like like we had bobby had like kind of happened upon this form accidentally because they had he was doing a show with other improvisers uh at like, I think a festival or something and like they had told them like the wrong set length so like they went and did a set and it was like I don't know like a 10 minute set but they actually had like a 20 minute slot <laughs> so they were like done they had gone through like a whole show in 10 minutes and then they were like oh we still have t- t- 10 more minutes so like Bob was like alright let's do it again in half the time so they did the whole set again in half the time so that's what we did we did that and you know you, you do however many scenes you get in and like, you know, whatever, seven minutes, 10 minutes, and then you would, however long your time is, and then you would have it. So you'd keep doing faster and faster, faster versions of the scene. And we sort of played around with a lot of different versions of it where we would like change offers or keep like the game of the scene or keep the relationship. So we kind of made it a little heraldy like beats and like right. changing it up. Um, but it was always like just doing things faster and faster and faster. Um, and we did a couple shows of that. We didn't do many of them though. We did uh, the Toronto Improv Festival oh, yeah. with uh, wow. that form. Yes, we're international uh, improv Ooh, stars. Uh, that was the first um, festival that accepted us. And now we're going to the second one, the, uh, the second festival to accept us, uh, now about almost a year later in Providence. No, six months later. Yeah. Like it matters. So, yeah, we did that a couple times. And... I mean, it's a fun form to do. It's it's a fun thing to play, but it's actually very like co- constricting. It's constraining mm-hmm. form because yeah. like you're right. very much stuck in the scene work you're doing over and over again. And it's, I felt I always felt like there was a lot of audience fatigue at the end of it because like they're seeing the same scene over and over. Same over content. Again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like it gets monotonous um, it, unless you're doing it exceptionally well. Which, you know, we're a new team, so we weren't doing it exceptionally well. We were doing good, but not exceptionally well. So we, like, as a team, like, like we were like, all right, we got to 
cut this <laughs> we gotta cut this out this is not really working that well so we just like sat down at a bar and just brainstormed for like a night it was like the night of the night before it was due because um we kind of uh procrastinated hardcore yeah i mean it was more like we had someone who was going to be in charge of it who uh, couldn't and we didn't find out until it was like two days before that it like wasn't done yet we're like okay so we're just gonna meet at the field a bar <laughs> the field and we're just gonna like hammer this out and we're gonna figure something out and we're gonna submit at least one proposal and it was like that night like i think midnight was the deadline and we all just like sat down with the computer typed it all up at the field it. we yeah. had a laptop at the field and we were like <laughs> brainstorming yeah. show ideas um <laughs> And we had sat down a couple times before yeah, the, at the we, field. Still, the weekend so. before, we were very drunk at the field and just like ranting about different ideas we had. We came up with a lot of really good ideas. Yeah, we had a lot of good ideas. We some of them I still want to act on. Yeah, but like, some we, of them would require uh, more musical talent on our parts. Yeah, <laughs> get there. <laughs> so, like, we settled on the one that we submitted. It was like um, sort of like a, a Wikipedia inspired show. So it's like how one browses Wikipedia is like how we edit and do the scenes sort of. So it's all normal scene work, like not not gimmicky scene work for the most part. Um, but it's all like how you sort of like get sucked into like a Wikipedia yeah. hole if you like, you know, you're just so you clicking link like random just links. like a link in the middle of a paragraph yeah. kind of. Yeah. yeah, so it's like you're, you. it's like wiki diving. You're just going in and you just end up somewhere totally different yeah. from where you started. Right. Which is like, it sounds like not like any other improv show like you know it always starts somewhere and ends somewhere usually completely different but um we put this like kind of fun shell around it where there's a lot of like pimping of each other's yeah into doing weird things a lot of cool edits and there's like some interesting side support we've thrown in otherwise like so the basics of it is just like really good scene work but then adding wikipedia around it we have cuts um that are like link to so that's just like your average edit where you just um set another scene but what's interesting about it is that the person saying link to gets to decide the the inspiration for the next scene so say you just saw a scene about like two people talking about peanut butter someone's like link to allergies and then two separate people or however many separate people would uh start a scene based on the idea of allergies oh cool which i mean it also takes the focus off of the people on the side so they can list, be listening to it but not like be like okay i have to jump out here well i mean you know jump out when it's done but there's less stress to be the person who has to be like okay i have to edit this scene and have a really awesome idea so it's kind of it helps you along so that one's probably the easiest of the ones we do then we do one that's like asking the source or the expert on something. So we will pull them out on stage. Um, it's kind of a fun way to pimp each other out. Um, call out one of the members of our team to be, to just talk about one subject. So, you know, again, so here's um, our resident expert, Russell Sickinger, uh, to talk about peanut allergies or allergies. And you kind of come out with a character, like, you know, your average nerdy scientist, you know, that, that trope or, um, you know. Anything ever. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Peanut. Yeah and it's we've taken a lot of the stuff for well, i mean really like a lot of like the the normal edits you know from improv and from sort of 601 just, yeah or just like added weird little like internet inspired twists yeah. to them and then there's the like especially the amelie edit where yeah. you come out and you say you know like so you know peanuts were invented by george r peanut uh in the the early 1800s and you know and also going on the early 1800s you know someone take it be like so also going on the early 1800s um there was this plague of elephants 
you know, elephants <laughs> are known to be forgetful and then, you know, kind of keep going back until you end up somewhere very different from where you started. So you don't have scenes that are all about peanuts. Right. Um, but you also like have a clear way you get there that is very similar to how you search Wikipedia. I feel like I had one of those moments like at like three in the morning where I was clicking through like, oh, I want to learn about this. I want to learn about this. Uh, that was for some reason about boarding schools in New England, but whatever. <laughs> I learned a lot about it, like three in the morning, just going through Wikipedia. I'm like, wow, this really is like our show. They base it on your show. Yeah, they base yeah. yeah, it. Wow, based, this is a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I mean, it's it's fun, and it's like a. It's in a lot of ways, it's very basic, but it's. But it's really accessible. That's what I like about it. Yeah. Is that it's not like, you know, you're going to see a Herald if you're coming up the street, you know, and you're like, okay, this is funny. I don't really know what's going on. Whereas with Wikipedia, it's like, oh, I know Wikipedia. I see what they're doing. That's like what I do on Wikipedia. Also, they're doing funny things. Cool. I'm on board with you. Like, I love stuff like that. Yeah, that's that's kind of the reason why we sort of, we auditioned for Studio 40 is that is our show. Because it, it, Studio 40 is like a, a show at Improv Boston in the studio at on Fridays uh, and it's like it's for independent teams that are sort of just There's becoming just become upcomers yeah. yeah yeah and it's an opportunity to get regular stage time with you know regular <laughs> feedback and you know have an audience um, and the whole goal of it is to like it's supposed to be a show for the the popular it's not supposed to be for other improvisers because that's what happens a lot of the time for new yeah. teams is you get stuck performing for other improvisers in all it's, your shows. Like, Basically, any any form of comedy is yeah, like that, right? like right. every open, open mic, you're yeah. only performing yeah, for other stand-ups. Exactly. So, like, you're never going to get good feedback, or it's going to be... Thanks, set. Yeah, it's going to be bitter, and, you know, or, you know, you're not going to have, like, committed audiences that are really there to see you. They're there to do whatever it is they want to do in that show. Um, and that's what's really nice about Studio 40 in a lot of ways, is that, like, you actually get an audience. I mean... It, it is kind of a bringer show in that like you have to, you know, you have to do the work to get an audience there. Right. Cause like, you know, the theater can only do so much. And then a, a show at seven o'clock on Fridays is not going to have like a huge walk-in crowd, you know, like a main stage show would or anything like that. Right. Um, Unless main stage sells out and then they could be like, Hey, we have this other show you can go see. <laughs> yeah. It's a smaller theater, but it's still funny. It used to be the case, but now it's an hour earlier. Yeah, <laughs> but say it might have been easier just to advertise for the main stage. Yeah, show. that's so actually yeah. the overflow. <laughs> yeah. Just with the wrong time. Yeah, the yeah. wrong time. Just change the time <laughs> yeah, on all while the postcards. You're here. Yeah. Um, just gonna be broadcasting it in a smaller theater. What what's all these other people doing here? Uh, well, we'll just do a show. <laughs> what's a lot of laughter coming from the bigger room? Yeah. Don't pay any attention to that. Yeah, that's this Sound rough. baffling now. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> Some sound baffling. You can hear the beginning of main stage and Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, pretty regularly. But it's um yeah it's it's a fun it's a fun opportunity to like actually have up. Op- it's a fun chance to have like a, a place to build a form and yeah. build a show and workshop and so works. God willing, build an audience, you know, because yeah. right. like the whole goal of any team is to get a, a slot, you know, to like have like a, a regular slot, you know, either at IB or wherever, who cares, but you know, like, and to do that, you have to have an audience and it's really hard to build an audience for an independent team through shows to other improvisers. Yeah. Especially <laughs> like, you know, we, when studio 40 wasn't something you had to audition for, um, it was all just like a bunch of people doing montages, like we were doing montages and like looking back at that, we're like, well, 
okay, so you're seeing a bunch of teams doing montages. Like you're coming off the street, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna see three teams do you know essentially the same thing. It's more like an that was more like an open mic yeah. for right. yeah. improvisers, yeah. and now it's got some structure. So even if you don't know who you're gonna see. You know you're gonna see some interesting. Yeah, you're gonna see takes. some different shows. And there's, yeah, yeah, there's still like, like a lot of you know some of the. I we're not there's still there's like three levels. She's like up and coming. There's like established, but I don't know. We're like established, still established. but still working. That yeah, that's us. Um, but you know, there's like the up and coming teams who are Leon, you know, the Lindsay showing promise and stuff who are started a lot before us, but are still really funny. Uh, and they're going to be cooler than us someday. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, so they're, you know, they're coming up and they're doing montages, but I think part of the focus on Studio 40 is trying to get other stuff in there so they can like, it's not just like, hey, let's watch three montages. It's like, okay, so we have um, Improv Jones and Short Shorts that are doing short form, and then we're doing Wikiprov, um, and then... I don't. I've never actually seen Big Gulp perform. Uh, they do guys. like a mix. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and um, Medici is one of the, the newer up and coming up and coming teams that's doing montages. And then uh, Happy Happy Rage is just you know some of the most seasoned improvisers that are just f- filling slots because they're awesome. Uh, <laughs> well, I think that they had a show that they wanted to do. Yeah, they worked well. They're as not going to do anything. <laughs> they're not they like want. they're not throwing them <laughs> a bone. No, <laughs> like, but it's still kind of. I feel like it's you know. No, it's just Whenever a... they have a free moment from main stage. <laughs> but like So when can people see Wikipedia? Wikiprov. Wikiprov. Wikipedia prov, you know, it's the same thing. Um Wikiprov well, if you're in Providence on June twelfth. June twelfth is June this 12th. Friday. July twelfth. Hey, July 12th it's Friday. July now, guys. Uh July twelfth, and you're not gonna go see a really awesome cage match in Boston. Uh, we got another show for you. Um but we'll be regularly performing at um Studio forty on our disco basement on Friday, Friday nights, nights on Friday nights 7? at seven PM. Yeah. yeah. Um in the studio. Yeah. And then, Russ, you're going to be hosting the jam? I will be hosting the jam for the next five weeks, so into all of July and a bit of August, and uh, performing in it uh, with the team Intervention, exclamation point. And that's Thursday? That's Thursday at 9.30, right? 9.30, yeah. 9.30, yeah. Yes. 9.30 now. <laughs> and then coming up in the far future, Russ and I and a bunch of other people have a show called Screen Time, which is based off of one of the Herald Jams. Um, and that will be Tuesdays in September. I think it's Wednesdays. Wednesdays, Wednesdays right. Wednesdays, Lab. Wednesdays, Wednesdays Comedy yeah. Lab. I should know the schedule by now. Wednesdays at the Comedy Lab. We're going to break into IB and do shows on Tuesday. Hey, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it would be pretty cool. <laughs> and Skim, so Skim, you're in um, the Wikiprov, yep. but are... Anything yeah. else people can check you out? Um, uh, right now, it's just Wikiprov and uh, Screen Time. As what about the jam? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, occasionally, I will play in the jam now that I don't currently work somewhere that is draining all of my energy by Thursday night. <laughs> as fun as it is to go to the jam, and I'm just like, you should do the jam. I'm like, no, I'm just here to watch, guys. Eight hours at the blood bank will train yeah. you. And I'm sorry, yeah. well, you missed your chance to watch her a diplomat. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping that someday we'll find a way to bring it back if, like, Zach is up visiting or something. <laughs> just, yeah. just take over a, a stage. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. here we are. <laughs> it's, it's a Zach, Tuesday. Who are you going to be around for BCAF? We're just going to, like, kick off this one team that's from, like, I don't know, Minnesota or something. <laughs> and we're just going to do a diplomat. Uh, you should do it. Okay, bye. Yeah. That'll go well. I think, you know, I feel like you could do it, maybe. Yeah. Sure, <laughs> why not? You guys got any Twitters or... 
Uh, nothing worth following. <laughs> Are you following any Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> no Facebooky, no uh, other sites. Uh, and you can follow Disco Basement on Facebook and yeah, Twitter. Disco Basement actually. Improv. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter, right? Yeah. And I'm probably, I'm, you can probably just search Disco Basement on in Twitter, and it'll there's probably come up. I don't think a lot there's a lot of, of people basements. tweeting about it. Although on, you do get it. some very interesting image searches, I highly recommend it. Oh. Yeah, there's the one of like the weird like barn. There's like cows. It's like a disco. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's a great photo. I highly <laughs> recommend you search Disco Basement to find that photo. All right, guys. Here's the that's our big plug. Google image search the term Disco Basement. You will not be disappointed. It'll be turn, cool. turn off the image. But yeah, <laughs> but safe don't search do it off. from your computer. Yeah, go to a library somewhere. <laughs> It'll be Get great. your pants down. Have <laughs> pants down. Bring some lube. Get comfy. And I hope you don't have any shame <laughs> it's all like improv yep really. <laughs> it's, it just describes an improv scene <laughs> so, especially if you like cows yeah <laughs> thanks uh russ and skim for, for coming. coming on the chico podcast number two thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. us that was eerie yeah hi hey guys group mine we're the team together and we also live together but that yeah. less pertinent michael douglas <laughs> <laughs> We did it. We've just finished. We had a really long game. Like, like this. A year and a half long. Yeah, it's yep. really frustrating, yeah. and I'm glad it's done. I'm out of here. Yep. Goodbye. <laughs> All right, everyone. Check us out at chicoimprov.tumblr.com. They're already there because they've, they're uh, listening to this. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe they found this when the Obama put it on his Twitter feed or something. <laughs> yeah, go to chicoimprov.libsyn.com. Com. Is that what it is? It's the it's podcast like host weird. thing. Yeah. yeah. Also, do a Google um, image search for Chico Improv. Yeah. You might be disappointed. <laughs> right. You just get pictures of California. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy California. Uh, all right. So we'll see you next week. Next week. Goodbye. Bye. Chica. Chica. Chico. 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 Here's a show that's introducing you to improv with all the most amazing improvisers in the theater.